My grandparents are from Jamaica. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Come on. My mom is Guyanese. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, my grandfather was a general contractor, and actually, he built a lot of the buildings in the financial district downtown. And when he was about 45, he decided to go back to his homeland, Jamaica, and to retire. And he still was um, a general contractor. He built many homes, 5,000 square feet, 6,000. That's what he did. He did a lot of buildings of homes. And we would go down there in the summer. Since I was two years old, I went almost every summer to Jamaica to visit my grandparents, to visit them. And we would, when I was in the sixth grade, seventh grade summer, we went there and we went on the work site. And they were building. It was all we had was cement blocks at the house. And he would be checking and said, oh, this is, this is kind of st- unstable. Can you make sure you put more, um, more cement? And, you know, he didn't say it like that, but I'm not going to embarrass myself to try to do patois <laughs> in front of you all, well, my Canadian Alberta self. But, you know, he had some nice words to say when things were not in order on the site. But, and also at nighttime, he'd make sure you hired a watchman. How do you know when you're building something, you have to make sure you have a watchman? To make sure they wouldn't steal the equipment. There was no funny business putting in the, the cement to make things go wrong. And today I want to talk about, I want to preach out of the story out of the, the man that built on the rock versus the sand. And we're in the text here in Matthew, 20, in Matthew 7 verse 24. It's after the, the, uh, the, mount, the sermon on the mountain that Jesus preached. And it goes like this description on Matthew um, 7, 24. It says, everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fail because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone hears the words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment, God. I pray that, you know, they don't see me, but they see you. That I will hide behind their cross, but God, I pray that some will be impacted by your words, Lord. God, I ask that today will be a different day. That people will get revelation that they've never seen, even they've seen the scripture over and over again. But you will see, they will see something different like never before. We thank you for being our God. And God, prepare our hearts for this word. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I want to start right into, I want to go to the first point. I want to go right all the way in. First point is wisdom causes you to hear and to act. It says everyone who hears the words of mine does them and will be like it. It isn't just hear and do nothing. There's too many of us listening to amazing podcasts. I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. I love books. I read a lot of books. But it's not good enough to just to listen and not act. In James 1.22, it says, it says, be doers of the word. And not hears only deceiving your own self. There's too many people like a parked car. Parked cars are great. It looks beautiful. But you cannot go to your next destination if you don't move. In the Bible, it says in Matthew, it talks about go and tell. It never, it always follows up with an action word. 
And to I, and I think about it. When you're listening, it's great. You come to church. You've done that. You've done the church thing. But what are you acting on? What are you applying to your life? We have all these amazing apps. But you know what apps is a short form for application? What are you doing with the apps in your life? The things that you're downloading that God's giving to you? Are you just, ooh, that's good. And you know what's happening? We're leading to a lot of good stuff. We're feeding on the amazing information and we're getting spiritual gluttony. We're overweight because we have not let it out for people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So let it out. Let it out. Wisdom hears and acts. When is the last time you got a hearing test? When's the last time you checked what, how you've been hearing? Who are you listening to? You need to evaluate who you're listening to. Love moms, love dads, but are they giving you sound, godly wisdom? And when I think about our ears, I think sometimes, sometimes we, we get blocked up with some wax. Things are blocked up, you can't hear properly. Or I think about sometimes when we get an ear infection, who are you listening to is affecting your life. That it's painful to listen, but you continue to endure the pain because you, want, you, you feel bad to let them down. You don't want to be loyal, disloyal. But you're in pain. You're in pain. You need some antibiotics to clear that thing up. And when I think about hearing... We can't hear God's wisdom if you're not in proximity with him. You cannot hear God's wisdom if you're not in proximity. I think about all the time, I'm in a three-story house, I'm upstairs, and I'm yelling to my kids in their basement. They can't hear me. A lot of times God is saying such amazing wisdom, but because you're not in proximity with him, you can't hear him properly. And it's not that he's left you, he's always there, but you're just a little farther away. You move from him where he left you. And so think about that. When, where do you need to be back in proximity to hear his words? And I think there's people are like, I can't hear him. But maybe you just have not taken the time to be closer, intimate, spend that time with him. I know many, many years work, uh, years ago, I worked at this organization that, um, that helped people get jobs. I was pretty much like a caseworker. And uh, they loved to give, they gave me the hardest case. Not only was my, my case um, people on my case, not only would they had severe, persistent mental health challenges, but they also were deaf and hard of hearing. They were deaf and hard of hearing. And so when I met with them every week, I had to get an interpreter to make sure they can understand what I was saying and listening. And some of them would have hearing aids, the hard of hearing, and the, all of them weren't deaf, but they couldn't hear properly. Listen, some of us need some hearing aids. Don't be ashamed if you need a hearing aid. And a hearing aid, it makes sounds louder so that, that a person with hearing loss can listen, communicate, and participate more fully in daily activities. When I think about the hearing aids for us, the Bible is a hearing aid for us. That we can hear God's word, what he's saying, the promises, things that we're not supposed to do or to do. Prayer, it positions us to listen to God. It's a hearing aid. He wants to download some things on your heart. And I think about, ooh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's a good one. He's a good hearing aid to help us hear 
and breathe on our word, breathe on our plans, breathe on our things. And he gives them some amazing wisdom. And not only that, maybe some of you, don't, this is a struggle for you, fasting. Fasting is another great hearing aid. That we deny ourselves, whatever we want to put down the plate or social media or what sugar or whatever that thing is. It helps us position us to hear from our God. And I think some of us are too ashamed that we have to use hearing aids. We're not perfect. We don't have everything all together. But sometimes we need some hearing aids like my, my clients. And when they got the hearing, they could hear. We could communicate. We were like, okay, we're doing this tomorrow. There was no barrier or block, but we could hear properly. When's the last time you checked your hearing? Or maybe you have a hearing, but you just haven't picked it up. You know, my next point is sometimes you have to wrestle to get wisdom. You got to wrestle. In Proverbs 2, 1 and 7, it says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like a hidden treasure. Then you would understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. And six, for the Lord grants wisdom. From the mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And lastly, he grants a treasure of common sense. Who knows common sense ain't common? Okay. He grants treasures of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. That's wisdom. And when I say when we have to sometimes wrestle for wisdom, it says here, Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Wisdom doesn't sometimes just fall on your plate. You can have wisdom, but you got to wrestle with it to hear what is God trying to say for me. Not for them, for me. We need to diligently seek him in his scriptures. Seek him to see what he wants for us to do for um, our next steps. And especially when we're planning plans we're at the beginning of this year. Maybe you don't have that word yet. Maybe you don't have that, you don't have clarity in what you want to do. Maybe there's a wrestle. But there's a wrestle in wisdom, and it's okay. You build that muscle that you haven't had. Listen, when I started working in the last couple of weeks, ooh, it feels kind of sore because I haven't worked those muscles. And some of you have not worked the muscle of wisdom. So it feels like a strong wrestle. But at the end, when you start using it, you get a little bit stronger. You, you start hearing God more clearly when you start testing him at his word, not by your co-worker's word. We're not just looking for good things. We're looking for godly wisdom, divine wisdom, divine inter, um, in, uh, interrupt, not interruption, but um, in interpretation. Thank you. Let's go back to the text. It says, and the rains fell. And the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fail, fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine does not do, do them will be a, like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Point three, building on Christ is not the absence of problems. It's the assurance that he is in control. The build, building on Christ is not the absence of problems. 
It's the insurance that Jesus is in control. The winds came. It blew. But you know what it did? That storm reveals your foundation. What are you founded on? What are your plans founded on when things don't come the way that you think so? What are you founded on? Are you founded on just good news? Are you founded on just what you've watched online? Or you just are you looking just social media, but you've never really researched anything? You haven't prayed about your plans, but it just sounds good on paper. Sometimes the storm reveals your friends. Ooh. Yeah. It reveals your friends. Who's still there? Who's still there when you have a a broken out window in your house? Who's there to help you clean up the glass? Listen, in how I work, I shouldn't have to ask you if you're a friend to ask for help to help me. You should know that I need you in that time. Storms reveals your future. Listen, when you build a house on sand, it's not going to last long. It reveals whatever you're using to build up, you know, the dreams that you have, the goals, what you're building on now. It reveals how it's going to be the trajectory of your future. When you build on what God said, it has to come to pass if we are obedient. We build on a firm foundation. Because when that rain comes in the sand, it's icky. It's icky when you build on sand, but when you build on the strong foundation of concrete, even when the winds come, when the the water comes, it's still there. It's not seeping in the thing. And storms reveals the fools. It truly, truly does. And fools in the scripture here, it talks about those that rebel against God. Fools are left to their own devices. Fools ignore advice and correction. Fools say, I'm good. I got this. In my Bible, in Proverbs 3, I think it's verse 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Because if I am wise in my own eyes, I have limited perspective. Limited perspective. I don't have the divine to tell me to go left or to right or, you know what, be careful now. Because you're just looking at yourself, what you have right now. And so be careful to be left to your own devices. And listen, sometimes I'm okay with God's no. Because he knows the future. Even though sometimes we love the yeses, but sometimes it's so good to get a no from Christ. And it says, you know, in, in, in the Bible and in, in Proverbs, when we talk about wisdom, it says fools are complacent. Complacency marks by self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers and deficiencies. A lot of fools are overcompensated, overconfident. They think they, they have it all together. And they're unaware what's coming ahead. That's what confidence sometimes, confidence is great. I love confidence. But when you're too confident in your own ability, you missed direct or um, you have, don't have the proper um, perspective because you're so thinking of the right now. And you need that insight by the Holy Spirit. And so I love confidence. But make sure when you're making your um, plans, you're building your house, building your plans, that you have some wisdom that maybe that you get to put down some things. You know, and my next point here, it says, sometimes the miracle is not God bringing you out of the storm. It's him keeping you through the storm. Sometimes the miracle is not God bringing you out of the storm. It's him keeping you in the storm. Maybe you can't shout that you're on the other side of your problems. You're like, I'm still stuck here, Lord. But maybe the miracle is that he sustains you. 
He sustained you when things were going wrong. That you didn't lose your mind. Come here, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on. When they were in the fire. And then they saw, I see another one in there. He didn't pull them out. He came to them. And so maybe the the miracle you're looking at, God, I don't see you. I'm I'm still stuck in this situation. I'm still stuck here. And you're like, God, I, you know, I have all these broken windows in my plans or my house. But the scripture said here, when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, it bit on us. But it says, but it did not fall. It did not fall. And today I want to declare something to the enemy. You came for us, but we're still standing. You came for us, but we are still standing. That divorce might have done something to my bank account, but I'm still standing. My mind, I might have been depressed, suicidal, but I'm still living and breathing. I might have been on drugs for a little bit, but listen, I'm still standing. I'm still coming to the house of the Lord each week. Maybe in 2022 or whatever in the past, you got a diagnosis that was not, it was death was knocking at your door. But devil, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Too many people lost so many loved ones in the last three years that grief is taking over people's hearts. But devil, we are still standing. And that's what happens when you build on the rock. And when I think about Isaiah 43 too, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set ablaze. And I love it. It says the flames will will be there, but will not set ablaze. Maybe this year was hard. Maybe you started a business and it's not going the way that you thought it it would go. Maybe the business, you know, it's going, you know, you're going down. But listen, you're still standing. I remember years ago when my husband and I first married, we had, like, I think, a newborn at the time. Broke. Very broke. The bank, the bank account said 0.00 for two weeks. But you know, we had a praise on our lips. God, we thank God it's not a negative. We had a praise on our lips. God, thank God it's not negative. Then we have to pay back when you know, because you know when you're like, okay, it's not zero. It's great. And when you get money and they're like, dang, I still have to build it back up. Especially when it's a negative. You're like, oh, I'm negative 100. Even if you get $200, I'm only back at 100. It sucks. It sucks. And one of the perspective is, we got to praise God no matter where we're at because, listen, God is keeping you. He's sustaining you. You can be in another place. You, your mind can be lost somewhere, but you're still standing. And point number five, sometimes God lets you hit rock bottom so that you will discover that he is the rock at the bottom. Let me say that again. Sometimes God lets you hit rock bottom so that you will discover that he is the rock at the bottom. What are you building your life on? Because when you come at the end of its sand, you will be in that place of depression. But when you build on the rock, it's strong. And I find a lot of times when I hit rock bottom, there's only one name I want to call. It's Jesus. 
Mama's good in those days, but there's something when you need Jesus at the rock at, at which you stand. And so I think about salvations at the, at the rock. In Psalms 18:2, it says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. That is my rock. That is my rock. I don't know, this year when we talk about brick by brick, evaluate the bricks that you're building this season. Evaluate your motives. What are you building on? The, the benefits you want to get out. You don't really want to be in a relationship with them. You just want the, the benefits of the relationship. What are you building? Are you building on some godly principles? Listen, I love, I love financial. Um, I love reading financial books. I love listening to a lot of people. But just make sure when you're listening to these financial people, the books that you're reading, a lot of them are um, godly, even though they have wisdom. Make sure... It lines up with the scripture. I remember a friend of mine, they said they went to their, um, their financial advisor and they said, I, I've been looking at your budget and there's one line here that says 10% tithe. I think we need to take that out. They said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't, don't mess up my money with Jesus. And they proceeded to tell if you cannot... Um, you cannot go to this terms. We cannot keep our 10%. We're going to have to go with somebody else. Listen, you got to make sure who, are, who is advising you that lines up with scripture, lines up with your values. I'm not messing with my multiplying God. Okay? And so when we think about um, what, what's amazing about this parable that, you know, that God, he, Jesus puts in the scripture, I was reading and I'm like, okay, hey, why is it he like repeating himself? It seems like the same the same scripture when he's saying everyone hears you know the 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 the, the um, winds came the rains came the floods came a lot of us look at people and like okay we have the same life it looks identical i went to the same school as you did we got the same grades we got the same grades you know we we you know we're the same financial bracket but why am i not getting the jobs that you get why am i not going where you are going houses can look so much alike but when you look under the foundation, that's the difference. And when I looked at the scripture, I'm like, ah, because in the, the last part of the scripture, it says, and the rains fell and the floods came and the woods blew and it beat against the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. That's the difference. What we're building on. What we are building is the difference between the world and us. We have the secret sauce, which is Jesus. You know, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw the little secret sauce in it, in it. And so, as I close this morning, when we build our next season, when we're building on wisdom, when we're building, make sure it's not it's wisdom and not you're not being a fool, not building on your own wisdom. And I will pre- I'm going to repeat my points. Wisdom causes you to hear and act. Not just to stay still. Think about what God's been telling you. That you're still in the hearing stage where he wants to move you into acting, into action. Point two. Sometimes you have to wrestle for wisdom. 
You might be getting tired. It's going to come. He will give the revelation in his word through wisdom. Building on Christ is not the absence of problems. It's the assurance that he is in control. He's in control. Even though your houses might be busted out. Maybe there's a hole in your wall. Maybe there's a wrench in your plans. He still has it in control. Sometimes the miracle is not God bringing you out of the storm. It's keeping you. It's him keeping you through the storm. I pray that's your praise break moment this week. Lord, I don't see a way out, but thank you for keeping me and sustaining me in this situation. Reflect on that this week. And lastly, sometimes God lets you hit rock bottom so that you will discover that he is the rock at the bottom. At the rock. If this blessed you, give God a round of applause this morning. And you're saying, I want to have a relationship with Christ. I want to just change my life around. You know, it, it's, it's simple. Repent. Which means to turn away. Acknowledge that you are sinful. And have sin. To believe. Believe what Jesus did on the cross. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. There's hope. In belief. And then we want to follow up with obedience and to be baptized. And we sort of said we baptize by immersion. We go go in. We put our old life down and come back a new creature. Serve City Baptists are dope, aren't they? And so lastly, someone always say, you know what? I fell astray. I want to I want to recommit my life to Christ. It's not that Christ ever left you, but maybe you fell away a little bit. That you want to now want to be in proximity with him again. And so maybe you don't have to get re-baptized if you were baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But if you've never been baptized, you can go to our connection card at servecity.c slash connection card that you can fill out. Or go to servecity slash baptism if you want to get baptized. We want to hear from you. We want to know how this blessed you. We want to know what your next step is. And not only that, today we're going to have next steps. It's going to be week three, even if you uh, if you missed it, it's going to be on the balcony. Our team will service you. We're at one o'clock. We will have it today because we want to make sure that you know what you believe. We want to make sure you can join our team. It's, a, it's a, one of the ramps to come on to learn to be part of our dream team here. And so I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray before we get out of here. God, I thank you for loving us, God. I thank you for this word, God. I thank you that you will can give us divine wisdom today. I pray that we will look to you, Lord, and God, we will reevaluate who we were listening to. And God, I pray whatever hearing aids you want to show us, Lord, I pray that we will succumb to it, that Lord. God, thank you for being our Father, Lord. Thank you for being a God that loves us so much that you're willing to listen to us, Lord. God, take away anything that's blocking us to hearing you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. God is faithful.